Okay, Boker Tov. We're in the Gemara Moed Cotton Tav Chaf Ahmed Beis. We're in the middle of a Gemara where the discussion is: Do we mourn with other people who are mourning that are close to us? And there was somebody that if they would die, you would mourn for them, and now they are mourning. Do you mourn with them as well? And we had three opinions over there. We had Rabbi Akiva said, just like you would mourn for them, you were you mourn with them. Then your Shimon Alazar said, no, that's only for grandparents, grandchildren. And the rabbi say, no, anybody you would mourn for, you mourn for them as well. So it seemed that those were the same opinions. So he said, no. Difference is if they're with you in the house. According to Rabbi Akiva, you're obliged to mourn for a secondary relative, even if the immediate relative is not present. For according to Chachamim, you only mourn for a secondary relative out of respect for the immediate relative that's sitting Shiva. So if you're with them, then you would sit with them. And now we're going to bring a story. Like Rav said to Chia, his son. It also said Ravuna, uh, uh, Ravuna to Rabba his son. You must observe mourning in your wife's presence if she is observing mourning for a relative. But below Apa, but not in her presence, you do not uh, observe mourning in her presence. So again, that shows that proof only in their presence. Okay, now, Mar Ukva Shrivle Bar the son of Mar Ukva's father in law. In other words, Mar, Mar Ukva's brother in law died. Okay, his brother in law died. So that makes him his wife was uh, sitting Shiva. He was contemplating to mourn for him seven days of Shiva and 30 days of Shloshim because the deceased was his wife's brother. So that's a secondary relative. So he was going to keep all the laws of mourning. Al Ravuna Lagabe, Ravuna came to visit him. Ashka, he found him mourning. So he said to him, Sudanaisa Boyis Lamechal. He says, because you want to eat a mourner's meal? <laughs> are you interested in a good meal? Uh, in other words, what are you doing? <laughs> right? Okay. Remember, the first day of Shiva, nobody prepares, the, uh, somebody else prepares the meal for you. That's been today. Yes. Shiva go to Shiva houses for the meal. Yes. Yeah. So he's, so, lo, lo amru, they did not say that one mourns for one's wife's relatives out of respect for one's wife except where the deceased is his father-in-law or his mother-in-law that was his opinion according to Rafuna, unlike other secondary relations the required to mourn for one's wife's relations is limited to her parents not for a brother-in-law and this was a brother-in-law Okay, so therefore, Titania, and he proves it by bringing two seemingly contradictory prices, and he says that that becomes the difference, such as, someone whose father-in-law or mother-in-law dies, 
He cannot force his wife, who is in mourning, to apply eyeshadow or rouge on. In other words, we know you're not allowed to apply cosmetics during Shiva, as said, like under prohibition of bathing, things like that. So the guy says, well, I want my wife to look good. Too bad, you can't do that. Ella, rather, Rather, he has to overturn his bed, as they did in those days to show mourning, and he has to mourn along with his wife. Oh, to see it's for her in-laws. Or likewise, the reverse. Her father-in-law or mother-in-law died. That means her husband's parents. She's not allowed to apply eyeshadow or rouge. She has to also be like a mourner. She turns over her bed and is mourning with him. That's one, Brysa. So you see what? You do mourn for secondary relatives. This case happens to be father and mother-in-law. Vitaniyach, another Brysa says... Although the rabbi said one may not force his wife to apply eyeshadow or rouge to make her attractive because she's mourning, the MS Amru, but in truth they said, she may pour his cup of wine for him, and may make his bed for him. And she can wash his hands and feet. Okay. Etc., um, etc. Et because those uh, things do not violate the restrictions of mourning. Because she's doing it for him. And you might think, well, it might lead to marital relations because it's kind of a, a loving thing to do. We're not worried about that. So uh, she's allowed to do that. So. Oops, I don't want that. So, caution, Ahadari, those prices seem to contradict each other. Why? The first price says the husband has to observe Shiva for his wife's parents. The second one only says the wife observes Shiva, but the husband doesn't. So, what's going on? Does the husband observe Shiva with his wife or not? But no, the difference was the first price said who she was mourning for parents. Second one didn't say that. El Alav, don't we have to say Shmami? No, we hear from this. The Bryce that said you mourn together with her is Khan Bechavi Chamoso. That's when it's a father in law and mother in law. Khan Bashar Krovin. This is other relatives. So the difference, you, you mourn together with your wife for her parents, but for other relatives, she mourns for not. Shmami, no, we learn from that. That is indeed true. And again, Tanya Namehachi, another Bryce to make this distinction clear. The only time you have to mourn in honor of your wife is when she's sitting for your father-in-law, mother-in-law. So there's another price of that uh, proves that idea. Now another related story, the son of Amemar's son died. Grandson. So uh, in the previous price, we had three opinions. One said, you mourn for grandchildren. Um, so Kara Iluye, so he tore his garment over him as required for a secondary relative. Okay, Asabre Karabape, his son, the deceased father, then arrived, and Amemar tore his garment again. Is his present just as the requirement to mourn for a secondary relation applies only in the presence of the immediate relative who forms the link with the disease. So to the Avlesha tear one's garment 
for a secondary relation replies only in the presence of that immediate relative. Thus, Amemar did not fulfill his obligation the first time. In other words, the first time he heard the news, he ripped his garment. But that was not in the presence of his son. And therefore, when his son came in, he, he ripped it, realized he didn't really fulfill it properly then. So you see, he mourned for him together with his son. Because then he remembered that he had torn the garment while sitting. <laughs> you know how to do that. So come Kramumat. So now he tore his garment while standing. Okay. So a lot of things happened. The question is, you know, why he tore the garment the first time? Why did he do it the first time? It's an interesting question. Either way, what do we see parenthetically from all this? That when you do Kriya, you have to stand up. So Amrle Ravashi Lamemar. So Rav So Ravashi said to Amemar. Kriya Timumad Minolan, where's the proof? Do you have to stand for ripping the garment? So they want to give one possibility. Tirsiv, the Pasik says in Eov, Vayakum Eov Vayikra Esmi Elo. Eov arose and tore his garment. That's when he was told of the death of his children. However, Ravashi questions this, but if that's going to be the case, when you say when a person stood up, it means he literally stood up. If that's what you say, it says, he stood up. Now, does standing up literally mean standing up? Because we have another passage, it says, We're talking about a chalitza. When a man does not want to marry his sister-in-law after his brother dies without any children. And the Torah says, and he will arise and say, I do not wish to take her. So should we infer from here that I guess Chalitz has to be done while standing up? Because you already learned from Eov. Eov stood up, ripped his garment. Oh, that's the source. It says, Oman, stood up, you ripped your garment. So if that's the case, are we going to have to say the same thing? Whenever it says, Vamad, it means... You know, you literally stand up. You know, sometimes you can learn it like Vamad, you just get up and go. Unless you're starting to do something. It doesn't have to be literal. He learned it means literal. Whenever it says Vamad, it's literal. So if you're going to apply that rule by Eov and mourning, we should apply that rule by Chalitza. Because it all says Vamad. But, but Bryce says not like that. But Tanya, Bryce says regarding Chalitza, you can do it. Bain Yoshev, Bain Omeh, Bain Motet. Can be done either when the man's sitting, standing, or leaning. It's a valid chalitza. So when it says that he got up, it doesn't necessarily mean he has to actually get up. It could be a figure of speech. So therefore, we can say the same thing with Eov. So therefore, it's not a proof. Skumara so says, wait a minute. There's a difference in the verbs. Amrle says there's a difference between the two cases. Hasam, by chalitza, locus, it doesn't say vayamod. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say he should arise, Vyomar and should say. It only says and he gets up. It says Vamat, not Vyamod. Here by Eov, it says, and he arose and tore. Okay, the expression and he will arise and say, when you put those two verbs together, arise and say, then it's a figure of speech. Had the Torah actually meant to require the Yavim to stand up when performing, he could have said, Vaya Amod, 
Ve'yomar, and he should arise, and he should say, okay, okay, however, when the verse says about Eov that he arose and tore his garments, the expression must be taken at face value, as indicated Eov was actually sitting and then arose, as indicates you stand up, so it's a different in the way the words were written, okay, so that's no proof from that, okay, fine. That was one proof that you have to stand up when ripping Kriya. Amarami Barcham, Ramacharma brings another Pasuk. How do you know Kriya Shuma Umad? You have to do it standing up. Shanemar, it says, Vayakam Iyav Vayikra. And Iyov rose and tore his coat. So really, it's bringing the same Pasuk as we had before. It was the same one. So Gamora asks, Maybe not. Maybe he was going beyond the letter of the law. Maybe that's not required. Maybe he was being extra, extra on that. Why? Because look, he did some other things. If you're not going to say he was excessive, look what else he did. He tore the hair out of his head. I know. But in other words, he did what... Beyond, let's put this beyond what he was supposed to do. He, he wasn't he right, right. But so you're gonna you're gonna learn from Eov. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you're gonna learn from Eov, oh, he stood up. Well, he ripped his hair out too. You're gonna learn from that? I'm not gonna learn from that. So his demonstrations of mourning clearly could be it was beyond the letter what was necessary. Elamehuk, therefore, he would have to say, okay, we got to learn a different puzzle. And this is with David Amelech when he found out that his son Absalom was killed. No, I'm sorry, had killed all of his children. That his uh, had killed all of his other children. Now it was false report. Remember that they they tell David Absalom killed the rest of David's kids. It was a lie, but he didn't know that. And so so, but he is but whatever he did, he assumed was the halacha. And it says. The king got up, got up, and ripped his garments. So that's a proof. No, the Dilma Maybe again, even David was being excessive. You don't say he was being excessive. How do you explain? He laid down on the ground in mourning. Now that's not required. A mourner sleeps on an overturned bed. You don't sleep on the ground, right? Uh, Tanya also, um, it's 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 a problem because we said in a brisa, Yoshav al gabe mita al gabe kisav al gabe udanaisa gedola al gabe karka makunli yotzeli chavasa. Person sleeps on a bed instead of overturning the bed, he sleeps on an upright bed, on a chair, or on a large mortar. Or most uncomfortable, the ground, he has not fulfilled his obligation. So you see, he went beyond, so to speak. So therefore, there's no proof from that. So, Amar Rav Yochanan, and Rav Yochanan says, Shalokiyam Kviya Sabita. He has not fulfilled the obligation of turning the beds. For none of these sleeping postures, uncomfortable as they are, meet the requirement. So therefore, David must have. Uh, must have overturned his bed, so there's no need for him to sleep on the floor. So again, he went more than he had to do. 
So Gemara says, no, it doesn't mean he slept mamish on the bed. Amr lay, Gemara is going to say, ke'ein artsa. When it says he slept on the floor, it means as if he slept on the floor, meaning he overturned his bed. I guess the Navi doesn't want to use so many words, so it says it's like he slept on the bed. But uh, so it doesn't mean he went beyond the letter of the law. Could mean that's exactly what he did was on a bed that was overturned, and therefore we can learn from David Amelech that point. So we learn from David that you do. Um, stand when you do Kriya and that is Dalacha you have to stand when you do Kriya if you sit it's not a good Kriya unless a person is very sick an invalid an elderly person can't stand at all okay that's a different story when the brothers brought the coat blood on it didn't he rent his garments because it doesn't say if he stood or sat doesn't say but that's not a proof it's not a proof either way. It just said he ripped his garments. It, it doesn't have to say he stood up because you don't have to say everything he did. He just showed he was in mourning. Remember, the Chumash is not teaching us halachas per se. If you have one example of it, then you have an example. You know, why the Torah uses it to learn from David and not from Yaakov, whatever. You have to ask God why he chose that. We can't, yeah, I guess I would say that if God wanted that to be the halacha, why not the first time it's mentioned, he would say, that's a good he stood up, versus, or he sat down. But not to say anything, can kind of leave it vague. So you could say the halacha is, do whatever he wants. Yeah, so that's, that's a question. Why, why, so you ask the question, why didn't God teach us this halacha that he got up and ripped his garment? I don't know. I don't know. All right, now, we move on yeah, to... Because God knew that Joseph was alive. Yeah, but the same thing with David. David's family was alive also. He, he didn't know. No, no, no. But when he did all this, he thought Avshon killed all the rest of his kids, which did not happen. So it's exactly the same as Yaakov. They both didn't know. So I, I don't know why they um, don't want to... You know, there's got to be reasons why Shem, you know, every word has to be in the right place, you know, with all... So I, I, don't, I can't tell you. Okay, now we go to the basic laws of mourning. This now starts a new sugya, so to speak. Taner Abana Abraisa says, These are the things an oval is prohibited to do, but this Brysa is not an exhaustive list, and Toysus discusses why the Brysa skipped a few things, but these are the ones for sure on the list, but not everything. Aser b'malacha, number one, is not b'malacha, it cannot work. Berechitza, bathing, ubesicha, anointing oneself with oil. Tashmishamita, relations, and the ilasa sandal, and wearing shoes. Okay, so either to bathe his entire body in cold water or his faith hands and feet in warm water. That's the washing hand tool. What else can he not do? He cannot study Tanakh, any Tanakh. We know there's exceptions, we'll see, but in general you don't study Torah. Also, you don't learn Mishnayis, to not learn Medrash, Halachos, Vahashas, that's the Gemara, Vagodas, and the Agata to the Gemara. So when we say um, Midrash, the type of Midrash he's talking about, the Midrash of Halacha, 
the Mishnah Sifra and Sifri, okay, uh, okay, and all those other things. So in general, the mourner is chayiv in all mitzvahs, but the mitzvah of studying Torah is an exception because it causes joy. Pekudei Hashem Yesharim Esam Chelev. The words of the Torah give joy to the heart, and therefore you can't study that. However, he can learn certain laws of sadness, such as the laws of mourning you can learn. You could learn the book of Job. It's a sad book. You can learn Echa. It's a sad book. You can learn sections of the Navi that talk about destruction and things like that. Or you could learn the Gemara in Gittin that talks about what happened in the destruction. So there's plenty to learn if you want to learn sad topics that deal with mourning. Well, the mourner really should, is, is, it's not meant for him to be learning it. It's, it's, it's t- person's teaching everybody else. Well, he's not really learning. He's just, you know, he's just sitting there like you don't pay attention, so to speak. You want to learn, you want to learn the Mishnayis Valiyas Neshama. Right. And uh, the mourner should really not be paying that much attention. So, on the other hand, you know, if you're learning Pirkeyavos, that's more like Musser, then uh, that, that, that's, that's, that could be different. I'm just curious. We just said about other things that can't take a bath and all this. That applies to a woman who's mourning for her parents as well. That applies to? To a woman who's mourning for her parents as well. Yes. Men and, and women are the same. So earlier on, we said. He, the, the husband can't force his wife to put on makeup, but you think that would because be that's the halach because she's not a lot, she's sitting shiva. Why do we even say that? Like the halach is she can't put it on. Period. So why do we say he can't force her to? I think it's just saying you know you might have thought you're not allowed to do customized, but if you're a married woman, maybe she has an obligation to her husband. Just like for example, when she's married. The parents tell her something, one thing, the husband says the other, she has to listen to the husband. You already see the wife is beholden to her husband to a certain extent. You might have thought that in mourning, maybe the husband says, I want a good-looking wife, I'm sorry. You know, too bad. So there's another person affected. So we're saying, no, he can't do that. When, when you're just one person yourself, a single woman, then why, of course not. If you're married, the husband say, why do I have to suffer? So that's just saying the husband, too bad. Even, even, uh, and, uh, and the husband can't even force her. Even though she doesn't want to do it, he can't force her. Fine. So now, but here is an exception. Let's say many people need him. He is the, the, the teacher. And there'll be no learning of Torah. We're not talking we can get a substitute. He's the one. And they have a regular learning. And that could have. So he should not refrain from teaching. Umaisa, and there's a story, Umais bin Osho Rabbi Yossi bin Sipuri, the son of Rabbi Yossi, in Sipuri died, and he went into the house of study, and he taught the whole day to everybody. Okay? Similarly, Rabbi Barbarchana Yisroi Be Milsa, Rabbarchana, an unfortunate thing happened to him. A relative of his died, and he was a mourner. He thought he should not go and give his regular class. That's what he thought. Because he was mourning. Chanina said, no. 
If a lot of people need the person, he should not refrain from teaching. Sover lo ukme amorale. So Rabbi Hanna therefore went to deliver the lecture, and he thought to set up a speaker at his side. Remember what in the days of the Talmud, when they'd give a public lecture, there'd be a person who would say the words louder. So he thought to do that. Amr le Rav, the Rav says, Tanya, we learned in Nebraisa, even though you could teach, you shouldn't set up a speaker. So that shows he's still a mourner. So you deviate from the regular course. Yeah, but the question is, but then how's it going to work? So now how do you proceed? If he's prohibited of lecturing by having the speaker, then, then you know, he should be prohibited to lecture on his own. So, in, in other words, how do you give the lecture? So he says, As we see in a price of Misa, story of Spinoza, Rehuda ben Eloi, the son of Rehuda ben Eloi died. V'nichnas to Beis HaMedrash, he went into the Beis HaMedrash. V'nichnas to Hananiah ben Akaviah. And so Rav Hananiah ben Akaviah came also in. V'yoshev v'tzidu and sat beside him. And Rabbi Yehuda whispered the lecture of Hanani, the son of Akasha, and then Rabbi Hanani said it to the Maturgamon. So the only manner in which a mourner can lecture is by employing a middleman, and that was what they did over there. That's right. So here, so you see, you see, you have the important idea of making sure that everybody is able to learn Torah. And as I said, the famous uh, story with the Ruggachover going, the Ruggachover, like he mamish learned Torah every second of the day. And he said, and he was sitting Shiva, he was learning Torah. And people can't say, what are you doing? He says, for me, the pain would be too excruciating not to learn Torah. In other words, just like we have people that if they don't take a shower, their mom is feeling an istinus. And remember, all these halachas are not meant to inflict pain. Very important rule. People make a mistake. It's not a Christian edict here. They're meant for you to defocus on the body. That's the main thing. Or defocus on things that give you a tremendous amount of joy. Okay? So therefore, if let's say you're a delicate person, you need to take a hygienic shower. You take a hygienic shower. Because otherwise you're going to be miserable. We don't want you to be miserable. So Ruggachover, like if he doesn't learn Torah, he's like, he, he, he's broken. He doesn't, uh, right? So, okay, makes an exception. Ruggachover never took his keep off when he took a haircut. He said he kept his keep on so he could learn while he was getting the haircut. I mean, you're talking about, it's extreme. All right. That's right. That's right. So he was extreme because okay, now we're not like that, so we don't have to worry about it. But someone like that uh, is there. So here, they're teaching others, although you know it's it's his joy, but others are not going to learn. We have to make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay. Now, other law. So far, all these laws we keep. Now we get to next couple halachas that not necessarily. We have another b'risa. We're going to talk about tefillin. As we already said, it's usher to wear tefillin. Um, for how much? For how much? This becomes a discussion. So the b'risa starts off, we're not going to pass like this. Avel, an mourner, gimel yamim rishonim, usher lanayach tefillin. He can't wear tefillin the first three days. 
Mishlish Velech, from the third day and afterwards, Ushlishi Bechlal, including the third day, so really the first two days you can't wear tefillin. From the third day on, Mutar Laniachsvillin, he could put tefillin on. Okay? In other words, by, just like Mitzvah Yom Kakula. If at the beginning of the third day, for the first few minutes after service, he doesn't put tefillin on, it's like the first few days he didn't put it on. Okay. So, and the others say no, two days together, etc., whatever. Either way, two or three days, but you, but after that you can. Ve'im ba'u panim chadashas, and if new faces arrived on the third day, new people to comfort him comes, e'nacholes, he should not remove his tefillin. In other words, he need not be apprehensive that the new arrivals who didn't know he already sat shiver for two days might mistake that he's in the first two days. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about them. You Once you have your tefillin on, you have your tefillin on. Divre Rebeliezer. This is all what Rebeliezer holds. Rabbi Shua Mer, Rabbi Shua says, a little different, Avel Beis Yomir Rishonim Asal More is forbidden to wear tefillin on the first two days of Shiva. Ah, Misheni, okay, from the second day on, Ushneni Bechlal, and including the second day, Mutter Laniach Tefillin. He can wear tefillin. So really, it comes out, he doesn't wear tefillin the first day, and the beginning of the second day, because mixes a yom kakula, okay. Uh, while other Rishonim say, Rabbi Shua said, prohibition is only for one day, and consequently he can don tefillin even before sunrise on the second day. So we got one day shaving off, and again, vimbo parim chadoshes, and if new ah, but here if new people come who weren't there before, cholates he takes them off. Even though he's allowed to have it on, he says we have to be concerned that people will think that he's wearing them even on the first day. And now, okay, so we're going to stop it over there. We're going to have to get to the reasons for these opinions. But what, what do we follow? We'll, we'll get, to, get to that tomorrow. We'll get to that tomorrow. Shkoyah.